Hey, hello, listeners, and welcome to the Learn Everyday English podcast, your roadway to English proficiency. Hey, you've come to the right place to improve your listening comprehension skills and mastery of the English language. My name is Gary, and I will be your host today. I'm a native English speaker born and raised in the United States, living in a small Texas town about one hour north of Houston. And I'm also a language learner, just like you. I've been studying Spanish for about the last three to four years, so I know just what it is like to learn a new and different language. Hey, so now, let's jump right in to today's episode. Hey, howdy, y'all. Hey, everybody. How's it going? This weekend, this week, how's your day going? Welcome and greetings from Texas where we're going to be jumping into uh, episode 25 uh, this week. I can't believe this is already the 25th episode. Seems like it was just yesterday I just started these podcasts. It's been loads of fun, we say in English, which, which means it's been a lot of fun for me. I enjoy doing these, and I hope you enjoy listening to them and that you are getting a lot out of it, which means you are benefiting from them. So in this episode, we're going to talk about English expressions, or sometimes we say English idioms, with animal names in them, or animal names in the expression, or in the idiom. But before we get started, just want to remind you, you can follow me at my webpage. Just go to www.learneverydayenglish.com. There at the webpage, you can find links to and listen to all of the podcasts directly from the webpage. You can subscribe to the the web podcasts on podcast applications like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And we also have a Learn Everyday English YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, type in Learn Everyday English, or if you go to the webpage, there's a link that will take you directly to the YouTube channel. And remember, also on the webpage, there is a subpage, we call it in English. You can click on a link that said that says podcast resources page, and you can find the program notes for today's episode or all the other episodes that you listen to, and just download the program notes so you don't have to write everything down while you are listening to me. You can print it out and read along and follow along with me. That will make your life so much easier. Hey, so now, let's jump right in to today's episode. Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk about English expressions, or the if you've heard the word or term idiom, idioms with animal names in them. So what is an idiom, you may be asking? An idiom is a term whose meaning cannot be determined from the literal meanings of the words it is made of. So you cannot maybe determine what the expression or idiom means just by reading it. There's more meaning or there's more of a hidden meaning into the expression than meets the eye, we say in English, or that you can just determine just by looking or reading it. And idioms aren't always easy to learn and understand. Then the only way to learn them is to hear them or have the meaning explained to you by a native English speaker, or maybe even trying to do a Google search and see if you can find that on the internet somewhere. Well, the first 
English idiom is the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. And this is an idiom for a problem or a controversial issue that is too big to ignore, but that everyone tries to ignore or to avoid talking about because it is embarrassing or it will cause conflict. For example, I'll give you some uh, context for this uh, little story or a couple of sentences. There are two people, a couple named John and Mary, and they have a baby, but John is a Christian and Mary is Jewish. So when the baby's young, it's not a big problem, but eventually they are going to have to have a discussion on how they want to raise their baby, raise their child. Do they want to raise their baby in the Christian faith or in the Jewish faith? Or sometimes we say in the Christian religion or the Jewish religion. So listen to this uh, couple of sentences and see if you can understand what it is saying. John and Mary just had a baby, but are from different faiths or different religions. He is Christian and she is Jewish. How to practice their religious faiths has always been a problem for them, even before their baby was born, since they each want to continue to practice their own faith. They are going to need to talk about the elephant in the room, which is how they are going to raise their child. Will it be in the Christian faith or Jewish faith? Again, John and Mary just had a baby but are from different faiths. He is Christian and she is Jewish. How to practice their religious faiths has always been a problem for them even before their baby was born, since they each want to continue to practice their own faith. They are going to need to talk about the elephant in the room, which is how they are going to raise their child. Will it be in the Christian faith or Jewish faith? So did you understand that uh, story? The elephant in the room is the topic or subject that they need to discuss, but they haven't discussed because maybe they don't want to get into an argument or to get into a fight. But it is something that needs to be talked about, which is, hey, how are they going to raise their baby, raise their child? In which faith or religion will it be? The next idiom is the lion's share, the lion's share. And this is just means the biggest part or portion of something, the biggest or largest part or portion of something. For example, since John's hours at work were reduced by more than one half, his wife now has to take care of the lion's share of the household expenses until he can either get more hours or find another job. Since John's hours at work were reduced by more than one half, his wife now has to take care of the lion's share of the household expenses until he can either get more hours or find another job. So this is saying that John had a job, but his hours at work were reduced by more than one half. So that means, say, John was working 40 hours a week and now he's only working 15 hours a week, so he's not making and he is not bringing in as much money. So now the responsibility, we say, falls on his wife, and she has to take care 
of the lion's share of the household expenses. That means she has to take care of or be responsible for the biggest or largest portion of the household expenses now until John can either get more hours or increase his hours at work or maybe he needs to find another job. So that's the expression, the lion's share. The next expression is hold your horses. Hold your horses, which means to slow down, or it can also mean to wait a minute or wait a short time, or also don't be in such of a hurry, or don't be in such a hurry, or just don't be in a hurry. For example, I can tell somebody, hold your horses. I know you want to jump right in and get going on this project, but we need to do some basic planning first. Hold your horses. I know you want to jump right in and get get going on this project, but we need to do some basic planning first. So this means like, hold your horses. Just, hey, wait a minute. Don't be in such of a rush. Hold. This is a common expression. Maybe somebody, you have a child, you're going to the zoo and they take off running, we say, or they just start running ahead of you. They're so excited, but you want them to wait Say, hey, hold your horses, hold your horses. That means slow down a minute. Don't be in such a hurry. Just wait. The next expression is to be pig-headed. To be pig-headed. Pig is just the animal pig. This means to be stubborn. To be stubborn. For example, Peter just won't listen to reason. He is so pig-headed. Peter just won't listen to reason. He is so pig-headed. That means he is so stubborn. He won't listen to what I want to tell him or that he needs to hear. So to listen to reason is you're trying to tell somebody something that is reasonable, that they need to hear because it will help them, but they won't listen to something that's reasonable or rational. So we say they are pig-headed, pig-headed. The next expression is to weasel out of something, to weasel out of something. And a weasel is actually a specific type of small animal. We say a mammal here in North America. You might just want to Google that to see what a weasel is. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's spelled W-E-A-S-E-L, weasel. And to weasel out of something means to abandon your responsibility or commitment in a way that is sneaky or cowardly. Sneaky or cowardly. That means somebody tries to get out of doing something or remove themselves from doing something that they said that they uh, previously were going to do. For example, previously, Mary said she would pay her share of the rent, but now she is saying she doesn't have the money She is always trying to weasel out of her commitments. Previously, Mary said she would pay her share of the rent, but now is saying she doesn't have the money. She is always trying to weasel out of her commitments. So this is maybe a, say, a roommate situation where you have several people sharing an apartment or a house and each one is responsible for a portion of the rent. Mary has agreed that she would pay her fair share, but now she is saying, hey, well, I don't have any money, so I can't pay my portion. 
So we can say that Mary is trying to weasel out of her agreement or her obligation or her commitment. The next expression is let the cat out of the bag. Let the cat out of the bag. And this means to reveal or to tell a secret. And usually it means to reveal or tell a secret in in a context where you shouldn't be telling anybody about the secret, but you you make a mistake and tell them when you shouldn't. For example, I accidentally let the cat out of the bag and told my mother that I was accepted to medical school even though I had planned to wait another week and tell her on her birthday. I accidentally let the cat out of the bag and told my mother that I was accepted to medical school even though I had planned to wait another week and tell her on her birthday. So this means I was going to tell my mother something, give her some good news that I was accepted to medical school, but my original plan was to wait one more week or wait till next week, but I accidentally told her now. So that means I let the cat out of the bag. I told her or revealed a secret earlier than planned or expected. The next expression is, let sleeping dogs lie. Let sleeping dogs lie. Or to lie around means to lay around, L-A-Y, to lay around. So this means to not talk about things or interfere so as not to cause problems if you do mention them or to talk about them. So again, it means to not talk about things or to interfere into a situation because you do, do not want to cause problems if you do talk about this issue. For example, I hear John and Mary were having marriage problems, but went to counseling and have patched things up for now. I know you want to talk to them about their issues, as you have some insight into what might be causing some of their problems But if I were you, I would just let sleeping dogs lie. So to give you some background into this uh, little story, John and Mary are a married couple, but they were having problems, but they went to see a counselor to receive counseling to help them with their problems. And the story says they have patched things up. And that means that they have come to an agreement and their situation has improved and become better because they have patched things up. They've kind of, they have made up or they have reconciled their differences. So that's what to patch things up. It can also mean to maybe say if you have a friend and you get into a big argument and you stop talking to each other, but eventually, say a month later, you talk about your feelings and you become friends again, We say, well, now you have patched things up. You have patched things up in your relationship and have returned to being friends. So again, let me read this story. I hear John and Mary were having marriage problems, but went to counseling and have patched things up for now. I know you want to talk to them about their issues, as you have some insight, or we could say you have some knowledge or experience, into what might be causing some of their problems. But if I were you, I would just let sleeping dogs lie. So this also is saying that 
you want to help John and Mary because you may have some knowledge or information or background, you can help them with their marriage problems. But your friend is telling you, no, I don't think that is a good idea because a lot of times when we start to interfere into other people's personal relationships, that can be a dangerous thing to get into and can maybe cause some more problems. So your friend is telling you, hey, don't interfere, don't get involved, and basically saying, just let sleeping dogs lie. This has something to do also if you see a dog that is sleeping and you go in and bother him or, or wake him up, he may be an angry dog and may attack you and, and bite you. So sometimes it is just better to not mess with the dog, we say in English, to not disturb him and just let him continue to sleep. The next example is go on a wild goose chase. Go on a wild goose chase. This means to go or chase after something that you are not likely to get or on a pursuit that is a waste of time because it it is unlikely or not likely to succeed or to happen. This means you want to do, try to do something. You put a lot of effort and time into it, but really you're just wasting your time because that thing that you want to get or happen is never going to happen. For example, I have been dealing with this health problem and seeing many different doctors for the past 10 years, yet no one can seem to find out what the problem is. I feel like I have been on a wild goose chase for the past decade, and a decade is just a period of 10 years. So again, I have been dealing with this health problem and seeing many different doctors for the past 10 years, yet no one can seem to find out what the problem is. I feel like I have been on a wild goose chase for the past decade. This means you have had a health issue. You have seen many different doctors, physicians, had many tests done over the past 10 years, but nothing has helped. So you can say, well, I feel like it has been a wild goose chase, like all my work and effort and time and money was just a waste. It didn't benefit me. So that's go on a wild goose chase. The next example, expression or idiom is to quit cold turkey. Quit cold turkey. This means if you quit something, usually like we say a habit. A habit is something that you have, like drinking coffee, smoking, drinking alcohol. So if you quit something cold turkey, it means you just stop completely or stop all of a sudden and stop doing that thing immediately or all at once, rather than stop doing it slowly or gradually. For example, I am very proud of Jim. He quit smoking cold turkey after having smoked for over 20 years. I am very proud of Jim. He quit smoking cold turkey after having smoked for over 20 years. So this is your friend Jim. He has smoked cigarettes or maybe cigars for over or more than 20 years. But one day he's told himself, Today I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to quit cold turkey. So that means that very day and immediately he just stopped smoking. The next expression is to watch something like a hawk. Watch something like a hawk. 
And a hawk is a type of bird that has very good vision. It can see very well. So to watch someone, someone or watch something like a hawk is to watch someone or something very carefully and sometimes suspiciously like you don't trust them. For example, while shopping at the department store the other day, the owner was watching me like a hawk the whole time I was in there as if he thought I was going to try and steal something. While shopping at the department store the other day, the owner was watching me like a hawk the whole time or the entire time I was in there as if he thought I was going to try and steal something. The next expression is like a fish out of water, like a fish out of water. And this is, I can explain this this way. A fish, you know, is designed to live in water. So if you take a fish out of water, eventually it will die. But the point is, if you take a fish out of water, the fish is going to be very, very uncomfortable. So like a fish out of water is to be in a very uncomfortable uh, situation or environment. For example, I really need to learn English. I went to a party with my British boyfriend along with all his friends, and I couldn't understand anything they were saying. I felt like a fish out of water. So to give you some context for this uh, story, say you do not speak English very well or you do not speak English at all. And you have a boyfriend that is British and he speaks English and he, he likes to hang out with, remember that word hang out from the other episode, or he, he likes to go out with a lot of his uh, friends. So one day or one evening you went with them, but they were all speaking English and you, you don't speak English well or speak English at all. So you couldn't understand very much or anything they were saying. So you were very, very uncomfortable. So that means you felt like a fish out of water. And I have a personal story, I guess I can relay about this. I remember one time I was um, studying Chinese, but I was at a very basic beginner level. I went with a group of people uh, who were all Chinese to some uh, Chinese person's home. And uh, they were all uh, educated. They were born in, I think, an other Chinese country country, but they all spoke English very well because they were all uh, educated in college here. But they all gathered together around the kitchen table and I was with them, but they started speaking in Chinese the whole time. And I remembered I was sitting there just uh, not understanding anything they were saying. So after about maybe 10, 15 minutes, I just got up and left, went to the other room in the house. And the father of one of the uh, people that were at the kitchen table, uh, their father was sitting in the living room by himself. So I just went and sat in a chair next to him. He didn't speak English very well, but a little bit. So I just began talking with him. But I must say in that situation, I felt like a fish out of water. The next example is mad as a hornet. Or to be mad as a hornet means to be extremely angry, to be extremely angry. A hornet is a type of flying insect, a stinging insect, kind of like a bee, but usually a little bit uh, bigger. 
and maybe more aggressive? So here's an example sentence. When Steve's mom found out that her son came home drunk from the party, she was mad as a hornet and grounded him for two weeks. When Steve's mom found out that her son came home drunk from the party, she was mad as a hornet and grounded him for two weeks. So Steve was at a party. He came home one night and was drunk. His mother caught him or saw him, and she was extremely angry or mad as a hornet. And then the, sent- the sentence says she grounded him for two weeks. And this is an expression we use in English usually when mothers uh, do this to their children, when their children do something wrong. We say they ground them or they take away some of their privileges or some of the things that they like to do, the parents remove those things from them. Then maybe the child likes to play video games or watch TV or use their telephone. So to ground them, the, the parent may prevent them from watching TV, maybe take their telephone away from them, prevent them from seeing their friends. So and it's usually you're grounded for a period of time. So in this sentence, uh, John, Steve was grounded for two weeks. The last expression is wouldn't hurt a fly, wouldn't hurt a fly. And a fly is just a type of insect. So this is a description of a person who is very peaceful and nonviolent. It is a person who is so gentle that they wouldn't hurt anyone not even a small insect like a fly. So for example, I can say, he looks, such, he looks like such a tough and mean person, but that is just an act or that is just a show. Actually, he wouldn't hurt a fly. He looks like such a tough and mean person, but that is just an act. That is just a show. Actually, he wouldn't hurt a fly. So this is talking about a person that we say comes across as or appears to be like a very tough person, very mean. But we say that is just an act. That is just a show. That means he is just acting. It is not real. It is a performance because actually or in reality, he wouldn't hurt a fly. That means he is just a real gentle person. He just appears to be or he acts like he is very rough and mean. So those are the English expressions or idioms with animal names in them. Hopefully you learned something new, and maybe you haven't heard any of these before, but these are used uh, a lot, and very they're very common in typical English speech. So again, with anything like phrasal verbs or these idioms, it just takes time to learn these and uh, know how to use them and understand them when you hear them. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Learn Everyday English podcast. Again, as always, I would love to hear from you what you thought of this episode. If you have any questions for me, hey, let me know. Or if you have any suggestions for specific topics you would like me to discuss on this program, let me know. I'd love to hear from you, hear your feedback, as we say in English. Just go to the Learn Everyday English webpage on the home page, and at the bottom of that page, there will be a contact form, and you can just fill that out and just send me a line. Send me a message. 
I'll get that in an email and I'll, I'll respond back to you. Hey, well, that's it for now, listeners. Be sure to check out our upcoming episodes. Hope you have a good day. And thanks for listening. Hey, goodbye.